Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter and I'm going to be talking about Doctor Who Season 11 Episode 2, it's called The Ghost Monument. So, full spoilers for the episode. And yes, I'm on my own, normally there's two of us, normally Connor's here as well and we talk about it back and forth. But, he's on vacation, so you just get me this week. He'll be back next week for Episode 3 and it'll be back to normal then. Uh, but for this week, you get just me. So, this episode picks up from the cliffhanger last week, which was... The Doctor and the three new companions all just kind of teleporting into space by accident and being like, oh no, they're all going to die. And of course they're going to die. Of course there's going to be a, a, a saving thing. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a saving throw, essentially. Um, and sure enough, we have them land on two different ships. We have them wake up in two different ships. We have, we have the Doctor and Yaz on one, we have the guys on the other and they each are on small ships with one pilot and the event they very quickly kind of reform on the, the planet they're all heading to um what i will say about this episode uh just the first positive point i want to make is just how nice the space stuff looked i thought the the visuals of the spaceships the the lens flares the the way that they were kind of blinding in the light i actually really like that stuff um the planet as well typically looked quite good i thought the cinematography is one of the better aspects to Certainly the more spectacle-driven moments, you know, the the, the, the big sci-fi stuff. Um, you know, when they're just standing in a room talking, it's just kind of whatever, but the the stuff where it's the big landscapes or, like I say, the big spaceships, the particularly, but in full spoilers, you know, at the end when she actually gets her TARDIS back, uh, the close-ups as she's kind of, like, talking to the TARDIS and just the, the way it was handling the... the the, the, the sun sort of beaming through uh, the close-up was really nice. Uh, I thought the visuals were really good in this episode. Um, I did like this episode probably for the most part more than the last episode. I, I I thought, I tend to like these episodes quite a bit where it's just um, a nice simple mystery and they're just on this planet, so let's get three suns. It's very tropey, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of tropes in this episode. Um, e even as soon as they said three suns, I immediately thought of Pitch Black. Um, in fact, I will say this, if it wasn't for the fact that there was three suns, I would have been convinced this was Earth the entire time. There was a, there was one point I forgot there was three suns, and I just assumed that the twist at the end was going to be this was Earth the whole time, and that it's been destroyed. Especially when they, they, they revealed that the Stenza uh, from the last episode, the, you know, the, the moving wires and cables sort of alien thing, uh, that that was the, the, the force on this planet that had killed it. And seemingly also the, the, the women pilots home world had been taken over by this thing um i thought oh wait is this just earth uh but i was like, oh wait no it's got three planet or three suns though um that's it i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past doctor who to explain why earth now has three suns if they wanted to pull that twist um there was just some vibes i was getting from it the way it was like oh there used to be a civilization here and like these structures look very human and you know so on um but yeah, so they basically fall into what has been a, an intergalactic race uh, that started with 4,000 people racing for a ridiculous sum of money and a currency that no one's ever heard of because it's the you know far into the future, even the Doctor's not heard of it. And we have 4,000 starting, but we're down to the last two contestants. Um, and they're, the last part of the race is on this planet where they've headed to, and they're, they're going to find the Ghost Monument. And very quickly, it's very predictable that the Ghost Monument's probably the TARDIS. And sure enough, as the Doctor's asking, tell me what this monument is, tell me, you get it very quickly. By the time he actually reveals that it's the TARDIS, I'm pretty sure everyone has figured it out, because it makes it very clear before it does. But uh, that's okay, that's not, a, that's not a complaint. 
Um, I, I think because of the way the doctor keeps asking about it, you're supposed to have guessed that that's what she's asking, that she's expecting that this monument is the TARDIS. Um, and that was maybe one of the reasons why I started thinking this might be Earth, even though, again, once I remembered the suns, I was like, okay, it can't be. Uh, was because, again, the TARDIS, it would make sense the TARDIS might have landed on Earth and weird things have happened uh, over this time. Uh, the reason why they, they landed in space to begin with is because the planet was there, that was in its orbit, but it's moved and it's moved slightly, you know, it's further along in its orbit than it was anticipated or some such. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like the journey in this one, I like the slow build. Um, I do have some critiques. I have a critique of one particular scene in which Ryan... There's a, there's a bit of a gun debate that comes up where they, they encounter this structure and then they encounter some robots that are inside. There's okay, cool, robots, whatever. That's fun. And Ryan goes to pick up the gun and the doctor says, don't pick up the gun, I never use guns. Um, oh, very similar to the knife comment from last episode. Uh, so not out of place. Not, not, I, I don't have a problem with her saying that. The, the problem I have is that Ryan then grabs the gun and says, no, call of duty, I've trained for this. And then we have a scene of him going out and shooting all the robots. And don't, don't get me wrong, I did think it was funny when they all immediately got back up. That was amusing. Uh, but him saying, Call of Duty, I've trained for this, felt very out of place to me. It, f- it felt, I don't know, really juvenile. And I know that's a juvenile line. Like, it's supposed to be a, a funny juvenile statement because he is going to make a fool of himself. But, I don't know, it felt like, oh, we're going to reference a popular video game. We're going to do, I don't know, it just it felt a bit forced. Um, so that made me cringe a little bit. And like I say, there's a few tropes here or there of your characters doing kind of these sci-fi mistakes and, you know, touching things they shouldn't be, running from things in a really weird way uh, that makes you think of Prometheus, which is not a good sign. But we have, we find out that it's a stanza from last episode and my, my least favourite part of the episode is probably when that really comes to a head and they actually have to deal with the fact that the stanza are now controlling all these bits of fabric and all these rags. Once it got to that point, it was like, okay, this is just kind of the like typical like threat and they have to like use their their, their Chekhov's gun which is, in this case is the cigar of the the male pilot which self detonates well it self lights it only detonates because of the 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 stanza's uh thingamajig but still you know we have we have this this scene uh where they all kind of work together and it's, it's kind of nice and all the rest of it um I'm still digging the characters I'm digging I'm digging uh, the the camaraderie between them and the the uh just just the the chemistry between the characters uh yaz is still pretty good um graham's pretty funny uh ryan's probably still the weakest link and that call of duty line did not help him in that regard but um there was a there was a moment between him and him and graham talking about the talking about nan which i thought was okay um whether he's trying to you know get him to talk about it bring it up um and it was you know it was, it was fine uh, it, it was uh, a decent little scene um the, the Doctor kind of, again, the way she's inter- interacting with them, the way she's bouncing off of them, um, and just flat out admitting when things are hopeless, but saying, eh, we'll try it anyway, um, is usually pretty fun. And there's a, a kind of a nice moment just before the end, before the TARDIS shows back up, where she actually does think it's hopeless, and the other three actually have to give her the pep talk, which was kind of nice. It was a kind of flipping, like, you know, okay, she saved us a bunch of times, she's pep-talked us, we're going to return the favour and try and motivate her. Um... And of course, we get the new TARDIS. We get the, the TARDIS appearing. Like I say, I really like the the close ups of her talking to the TARDIS, and you know, noticing that it it you know it's changed, it had a makeover, um, and saying she'd liked it. There, there was a very there was a, there was a sincere quality to that. I thought, plus the 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 cinematography, um, and they very very neatly 
the way she came out of the TARDIS and we just saw the walls at first before it kind of opened up and we saw the rest of it with her. Um, it it feels more alien, I think, than the, the last couple. Uh, it, it feels extra alien. Like, it really feels like an alien spaceship as opposed to just a ship. Maybe that's just my... my uh, uh, my my weird perception on it, but it just it felt the 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 pillars coming in almost felt like an upside down set of spider legs, uh, that sort of closed in if that makes any sense. But then you've got the the they really went nuts with the the hexagonal design of the walls. It was really over the top this time, but again, not in a bad way. Just it, it feels really alien, which it probably should because you know it's an alien it is an alien ship. <laughs> time lords are aliens after all, um. And of course, we go through the little the little scene where everyone's kind of shocked that it's bigger on the inside because of course no one says that. Of course, they they just uh, uh, at least not that line exactly because we've used that line a lot. Uh, and usually, usually when that line comes up now, it's it's intentionally kind of funny and tongue in cheek because it's been used a few times, uh, a few dozen times even. It's probably more accurate of a statement. Um, but no, so I that new Taurus is cool. Um, and I expect they're going to decide next episode to stick around and. Oh, time travel! You can do time travel as well. Oh, let's do that. Uh, and they're all excited about the time travel. So, if I if I have I have another, this is just a very small nitpick. Um, this is more of a filmmaking thing than anything else. Uh, when they're under the tunnels, you know they find the structure. They they deal with the robots. Doctor uses the EMP from the, the downed robot to knock them all out for five minutes, and they go into the tunnels. At one point, they find a big door. And the Doctor has a funny little line where she's like, oh, big locked door. I love a big locked door. It's a funny line. Uh, I thought it was weird how, when she said that, it never cut to a shot that showed the door. And not only that, even when they come into the room, it kind of never really gave us a good look at what the door was. And I couldn't couldn't help but feel that, that for whatever reason, maybe the door they built wasn't that impressive or they didn't like it or there was something wrong with it. So they were intentionally not showing it. Um... But it just felt weird, like I said, it's not a big deal. I mean, I'll buy there was a door there. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not a hard thing to believe, but it's just a weird thing in the filmmaking to not cut to a shot of the door when she said that. And even weirder that I noticed in the following, you know, shots when they were all coming in that yeah, you can kind of see an open door in the background, but it's very you know it's in the background. It's you know not necessarily in focus most of the time. I think it wasn't as impressive as they maybe hoped or something and they cut it out. It wouldn't even surprise me if uh, they shot these shots. You know, these these were in the scene and then they cut them out and cut, you know, edited around it to make it work without them for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe there was something weird with the door that they didn't have time to fix in CG or, or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but it, it did stick out to me. Um, yeah. Uh, the actual race, like, I, I thought the race was a really fun idea when it first came up. I thought oh, this is a really simple, just kind of premise to have us have these characters along for the ride in this episode. M- more more, more than anything, just to have, like, these ships to pick them up at the start of the episode. But um, the conclusion was kind of fine. It was basically just like, hey, they're going to, they're, they're tied. Uh, and obviously the guy running the race is not very happy about it, the hologram dude. But uh, he's, he's uh, threatened into being convinced and accepts that there's a dual winners there's there's a tie so you know it was fine um like i say i, I think the, the the visuals of this episode and the the mystery and the journey i like a lot the actual answer to the mystery i thought was kind of underwhelming but there was of course some setup when they're confronting the stanza and they they're talking to the doctor and they actually mention uh, something called a timeless child which the doctor 
reacts to. The Doctor doesn't quite know what that is, but she se- it seems to come from within her, this knowledge. Um, and she's not very pleased about it. In fact, speaking of coming from within, I do want to point out uh, Graham's very... Uh, what do I call it? The, the line where... There's a, quick, there's a quick explanation as to why they're all speaking English and why they can understand everyone. Because normally, of course, it's the TARDIS that's doing that. And the Doctor checks the back of their necks and says, Oh yeah, it's an implant you got from those pods on the ship. Uh, translators. And Graham says, I wish people would stop putting things inside me without my permission. And it just it made me laugh. It, it was... It was like, I don't necessarily think that the, the, the point of the line is, is, to, is to bring up the idea of consent, but... It's hard not to think of it in that context um, right now, so I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure how intentional that was, but um, that's cool. I will say I, I'm liking Whitaker as the Doctor more and more. I, I, I'm getting, I'm actually getting very David Tennant vibes off of her more more than anyone else recently. As someone who's only really watched since 2005, I only have this new set of Doctors to compare her to. But out, out of the bunch, I'd say she's the most like him. Uh, but you know, that's that's cool. Um, but I, I think she's settling into it, and I, I think, like I say, she's got a good beat to her, her you know, doctor spiel, her doctor monologues, um, and the way she's, like, you know, batting off the other characters very well. Like I say, I like the way she keeps admitting that things aren't aren't working, but let's try anyway. You know, she, there's, there's multiple times in this episode where they'll be like, oh, do you know where we are? No, but let's go find out. Or they'll say, oh, what about this? And he's like, no, I don't know. Oh, no, that, that probably won't work. Let's do something else. Um, and she keeps trying to be optimistic, which is why it works so well at the end of the episode when she finally gives in to the pessimism and she's like, no, there actually is no hope. I think we're screwed. We're not going to survive a, a day or a year here. And they're like, no, look, you know, we, we can do this. Like, you got us through a bunch of jams. We can do this. So uh, that was a nice emotional payoff to, to what was really just a fun, almost not a running joke, but like just just her personality throughout the episode. It was a nice payoff to that at the end, I thought. Um, and I think for me, as someone who typically finds Doctor Who plots to be kind of hit and miss, and some sometimes, like this one, where I, th- I thought the payoff to the, the plot wasn't actually that great. Like, I enjoyed the mystery in the first half or so of, of, the, of the journey of the planet, and okay, what's going on here? Uh, the answers tend to disappoint me in Doctor Who, but I don't ne- necessarily mind too much most of the time, because ultimately I'm here for the, the, the characters, and um, it's nice having four characters, because normally I have two. Normally I have a pair of characters that I like bouncing back off off of each other. Um, having the four is is a bit more dynamic. It's a bit more of an ensemble, um, and that's cool. So, yeah. So, hey, pro- promising stuff uh, going forward in the season. Um, I really uh, dig the visuals in this one, though. That's I, 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 I what I think. Because I saw people after last week's episode, there, were, there was some weird negative comments. Not in our video, not not in our, our review specifically, just on the internet, um, some comments about how the cinematography wasn't good or how it didn't look very and I and I don't understand it. It might be the best the show has looked since I've watched it. <laughs> I don't understand these complaints. Um, are people complaining about black bars? Is that is that what they're complaining about? Is the black bars at the top and the bottom? Suck it up. Aspect ratios, wider ones can be much nicer, and often are. I mean, you can, you can go too wide. There's a, there's a point where it's ridiculous, but up until that two, three, five to one, you're you're golden. Um, 
I like the wider ratio, but I won't even talk about that. I'm, t- I'm just talking about how the visuals looked in this case, uh, with the the ships and the, the planet, and it was very nice. Um, if I if I can get a slicker looking Doctor Who this season, if nothing else, I'll be I'll be pretty pleased. And the music's still very good as well, actually. When she finds the TARDIS and she's run towards it, and it's the sort of the slower version of her theme is playing. Uh, I thought that was really nice too. So, um, so no, uh, so Carl will be back next week for for episode three. I'm sure he'll give a quick thoughts, his quick thoughts on this one as well when he gets back. Um, but that is episode two of Doctor Who season eleven. Let me know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. If you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here, head over to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV. You can do that over there. Uh, but otherwise, that is it. So thank you once again. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? Thank you.